never thought that uh, in the beginning that we would even be looking at getting to the point of like this. Yeah. It, like when I started doing this privately, like on my own. Yeah. I just was like, hey, I'm just going to go do this and I'm not in this to make a fucking gazillion dollars. Yeah. You know, I just want to do this and I love what I do. Yeah. Work to live. Right. That's it. That's all I want to do. I don't want to live to work. And it's like, I never thought that I'd have a, a fucking second. So it's pretty cool. Nice, that dude. I don't know if this is actually like rolling, rolling, but <laughs> no, dude, I, I think, uh, I'm here guys. Um, so this is uh podcast 26. I'll have Kalen rolling the intro introduction here in a second, but we are live together. We got a camera rolling. Um, so those that are going to see this, uh, through a video for the first time of us together. But, uh, um, I think we, we just hit, um, what, eight months doing this modern day cyber podcast. Yeah. We released, uh, January 23rd or 24th. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I didn't expect going into getting out of the Marine Corps and, you know, being able to work with kind of my idol, no homo. Oh, um, man. As, you're making me blush. <laughs> as, uh, as I, you know, I told, um, Cassandra, you know, our relationship in terms of, you know, for a good analogy is the, uh, a Dr. Dre and Eminem analogy, bro. Yeah, you are, you are for sure my Dr. Dre. <laughs> Dude, that's, um, some big, some big shoes to fill. I appreciate that. And, you know, we're just, I just, I just love doing what I do. And, um, I think if you, I think if you're just, uh, if, if you just follow that path, yeah. like, and you're just constantly focused on, um, trying to figure out what it is that you meant that you're meant to do. Yeah. Right. And then figure out once, you, once you kind of narrow that down and that, that seems like it takes forever. Right. We never know exactly what the fuck we're going to do yeah, yeah. or we're supposed to do. But, um, when it gets more and more narrow, you can like start identifying what kind of message it is that you want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. And the message is really important because you know, the, with the intention comes the method message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like intention has a lot, a lot to do with a lot of stuff. So, yeah. Um, just really happy to have you here. Cool. Want to roll this? Uh, so let's roll it. So roll before we do this, let's see. Um, let's at. see what our stats are. This is podcast twenty six, guys. By the way, um, this is just iced coffee. Um, <laughs> what you don't see, or you probably can kind of see it on my face right now. It's super hot in here. All outside, right, so it's not hot in here, but it's hot outside. Yeah, we. It is. It's, it's hot outside. It's it tipped like one one today. Um, so we are at, uh, 130,839 downloads and, um, that's eight months. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and we no, have seven months. We started this in January. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, 1,604 subscribers. So appreciate that guys. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Super cool. Um, so with that being said, what is the modern day sniper podcast? First and foremost, welcome to uh, episode 26, like Phil said. And for those of you guys who have not listened to us in the past, this is your first episode. Um, what is the modern day sniper podcast? What is it that we're all about? And really we are about, um, being constant students of our craft and learning constantly every time we go out to the range about what it means to be um, a modern day rifleman. And so whether you're a law enforcement professional, a military uh, sniper, 
whether you are an enthusiast, a precision rifle competitor, a hunter, if you're listening to this, you're listening to this because you are very much like us and you're a student of your craft. So with that being said, welcome to episode 26 of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. You know, it's cool. Uh, just recently, as I guess our, our podcast is growing, I've seen a lot of people uh, hit me up on Instagram um, and it's like, hey, I've listened to you through the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. And I think this kind of just sets us apart from the rest of the people in the industry because, you know, another thing other than what is, what is Modern Day Sniper is the podcast, uh, what is mindfulness behind the rifle? Indeed. And I, I think because we are able to um, uh, put that information out there and put that connection out there that it's, I mean, we're not just sitting behind the rifle and slinging that out as much as fun that, as that is, you know, even today, which we'll get into here in a little bit, uh, you know, having the connection with the rifle um, and having that purpose of, okay, what is my training focus today? It's okay. Understanding what uh, these law enforcement officers are doing when they come through your course, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and their mindset and, um, and I had a couple of fudge ups today just because of, um, you know, being immersed in the competition world for so long and some of the, um, the habits I picked up, you know, bolt being, having the bolt to the rear, we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, for those that are listening for the first time and seeing this, you know, I, I think obviously we've got 26, well, 25 episodes before this. So if you want to get about who we are, I obviously listen to the first one. Uh, then listen to two and three, which is who Kalen and I are, and then I think four is what is mindfulness. I want to say that's four or yeah, five. I yeah, so. yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, I would probably do it in that order if you want. Do the, our first episode, and then what is mindfulness behind the rifle, and and hopefully you're able to identify what separates our podcast from the rest of the other precision rifle podcasts out there. Yeah, uh, it's just um, we just have a different we just have a different message to put out and. It's kind of like um, you ever heard the term like dropping in, like when you just, when you drop in and all yeah. of a sudden you just like you're like all right that's shut off, um, and you kind of close your eyes and you just get get centered right yep. find your chi if you want to call it that. Um, but part of part of that part of shooting for me is taking that pause and saying all right it's time to drop in, yep. not thinking about anything else. I'm focused on this specific task. And Rudy and I chatted about it quite a bit a couple weeks ago about like what it means to just be present. And that, that just means that we're not thinking about anything other than like right now, what's happening right in front of me and processing that stimulus, right? I'm not future tripping. I'm not thinking about what happened an hour ago. I'm not even thinking about what happened when I, if I missed the last shot, you know, it's like, I'm trying to stay right here. And like, that's not easy to do, right? That's not easy at all. It's a battle. Um, and so that's what my practice is, right? That's what I try to do whenever I go shooting because I want to try to make sure that I'm focusing and training. And I mean, it's like you still you still want to go out and have fun. Like yeah. we shot today and we had fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a blast. But yeah. we were both focused on training yeah. and, and saying, okay, well, this is the this is the drill. This is the skill we're trying to test. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're going to give 110% of our effort to make that task happen. Um, so obviously guys, I'm in Washington right now with, uh, Kalen and first time I, this is probably going to be our first video that we upload. Yeah. 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 So, um, all of our podcasts that we've done have just been over zoom and stuff like that. But, uh, I'm here for a, a few weeks. Um, it's always, you know, um, 
with her mom and uh you know just taking advantage of the free time that i have and mm-hmm. uh you know checking out some projects you got going on but really looking forward to just training with you getting ready for hunting season uh yeah, we're gonna be chasing down some bears in a couple weeks i'm so excited i'm so excited to get back in the mountains man yeah. and i'm excited to, sh- to to like to to witness your experience in that you know especially given you know your background being we're both we're both snipers we we understand what it means to have a ruck on our back and look at a giant hill and say all right well just kick this into low gear and get it done. Yeah, the quickest way <laughs> yeah. to get up there is just to start walking. Is to take one step at a time. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm really excited to 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 be there when you experience that because we're gonna go to a pretty epic place. I'm excited to show you and um, and just to kind of see what the parallels are. I'm really excited to also see what how where the parallels you find between being a being a military sniper, planning operations, planning missions and then executing them and seeing how that translates over into a mountain hunt. Yeah. Because yeah. it's there there are a lot of parallels to that. So yeah. um we're really hot right now, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time. I mean, we tipped 101 and what Luke say? He said it was in the mountain, at 6,400 feet, it was 68 degrees by 9.30 in the morning. He told me to come out there with basketball shorts. <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't know if you're serious or because no, no, I brought some basketball shorts. He's serious. The yeah. Only, yeah, I mean, when it's this time of year, you just want to be super light and you yeah. want to, um, you got to take care of your feet, yeah. right? So yeah. your feet have to be, there's no more of the hardcore old school military boots yeah, right you yeah. take care of your feet yeah. out here and you're, you're trying not to shred them yeah so um i'm excited because that for me the, the my favorite course to teach um because of the student experience as a whole is the backcountry hunter yeah, package. yeah. So, because you get to see you get to witness everybody's progress through those yeah. five days of not only the shooting but then um the the physical aspect, the mental aspect, the emotional aspect. Some like last class last year, we had one dude that he told me on the afternoon of day or the morning of day three, we were hiking out. Yeah. He's like, yeah. "Would you say if I told you that I've never even camped before I came here?" <laughs> I was like, "What, dude? You've never even camped before?" He's like, "No, oh man, you just threw a rock on your back and said, let 'Let's do this.' That's pretty cool." Yeah. So and he was, you know, he was not a not a young guy either yeah. and he did really well and he he met some some serious challenges and it's cool to just watch people go through that man and it's something to say about just being i mean growing up in alaska and the older that i get looking back in my childhood i just have a, such an appreciation for the outdoors you know what i mean and uh even though i kind of I like, you know, um, relate to growing up in the city because I did grew up in Anchorage, grew up uh, in Las Vegas and spent most of my time in Orange County. So um, I relate what it is to be, uh, you know, kind of spoiled by the city life. Uh, but at the same time, you know, now that I'm a little older, you know, I kind of just want to be away from all of the, the busyness, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, like the feeling and everyone that's listening to this that have explored, you know, the countryside and I'm excited to not only explore the countryside of, and, and that, that feeling, but now taking my passion of being a rifleman as well, mm-hmm. right? And, and actually, because ever since, you know, when I came over to the civilian side, you know, worked for Gunworks, like I 
completely immerse myself into the hunting world mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just super excited to you know uh, use my uh, experience and learn more about the hunting craft from you and, and uh, you know Luke and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah looking looking there's nothing I, I've been I've hunted a couple of places in the world and all over the country and for me there's nothing more gratifying than a backcountry mountain harvest yeah, like yeah. it's really yeah. it's it's very very powerful experience because you, you got what you work for it. you're working for it yep, every, every freaking ounce yep, yep. and it's um it's cool it's yep. a really cool experience and so some of the places we're gonna go is just like for they're just mind-blowing visually yeah. and just beautiful country yeah. so um yeah bear opens here in washington august 1st we got a student um for uh, for modern day sniper, we had a mentorship student that wraps up on the 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 first, and I think we're gonna try to bail out on um, uh, was that Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Well, we'll try to get there in the evening when the sun's down and, and hike in the hike in the first couple hours of dark, yeah. so it's cooler. Yeah. And uh, get it done, man. Let's I'm shoot just, you a bear. I'm I'm looking forward to getting my ass. It's been a I, while since I put a ruck on my back, and <laughs> I I know it's all mental, but at the same time, you know, it's like. Uh, um, you. I guess you can never be prepared for, you know, having a, uh, you know, weight on your back. Um, I, I, there, there's there's people out there, right? There's like we talked about like physical specimens. Cody Cody Carroll being one. All just these, crushing oh, shit all yeah, the time. I mean, I I I knew of guys that that I served with that, you know, I always aspired for that kind of physical, essentially fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I know for me, like no matter what, you know. I'm not I'm not obviously not gonna quit. You know that's yeah. kind of, uh, and it's not like anything that we'll will do that I haven't experienced before in terms of um, you know the mental fortitude and, and whatnot. Uh, no, but I'm I'm looking forward to to the complete experience, and you know I'm sure just like anything else, it's gonna suck. But you know I'm gonna look back and be like, man, I'm I'm super happy that I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will, um, and I'm I'm really stoked for you to uh, to hunt with Luke. Um, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. I mean, he's my he's he's my mountain hunting mentor here yeah. in the states and uh, or in Washington State, and um, just uh, the dude's like park critter. Yeah, you know, he just got it figured out. So um, very very grateful to be able to learn from him. And so I've actually got I'm I'm in the process of building a new hunting rifle. Yeah. For, so talks about your your some of your projects. So some of the projects. Um, well. First and foremost, I just sent. I just got a couple of actions from American Rifle Company. Okay. I'm gonna pick those up today. Um, I got a uh, uh, the newest generation of Mousing Field. I got a nucleus, another nucleus, and a uh, an Archimedes. And so previously, I've I've got one of the very first Mousing Field actions. Yeah, I remember uh, that. It's, it's in that six Creedmoor right there. Yeah. And I just I fell in love with that action. Yeah. Like it's just silky smooth, and I love the I love the fact that it's got a mechanical ejector. Um, I love the fact that it's got positive feed and extraction. Um, and it's just a really, really well-designed action. Yeah. And so the first one that I have is the um, is the uh, large shank, large savage barrel shank size. And so I've been using that as uh, like a seven SOM competition rifle yep. and a 6.5 PRC competition rifle. So the new mousing field, I got that with um, the open top okay. and um, the the uh, the different rail, so I could save just a little bit of weight for the hunting rig. Yep. Um, 
and there's some really cool new like the old mousing field does not look like the new mousing field yeah. right the features are still there but yeah. the way that he's uh that ted's re-engineered things so as soon as i get that action back uh from having that gun built we will go over that in detail we're yeah. probably going to blog about it so um we'll go over that in detail talk about the differences and that rifle is going to end up being a seven som it's going to be a, a 22 inch proof carbon fiber barrel set into a manor stock um and i'm going to throw a loophole uh 3.6 to 18 on the mark five and i'm i'm probably uh, that rifle weigh in right around that nine and a half ten pounds yeah so um and i'm going to shoot it suppressed because it's just the way to go yeah it really is so um and then the other two actions the archimedes is going to be my my competition rig and i got a couple of six creed barrels getting spun up for it right now um proof from what i understand proof's going to be uh, we're talking to proof about doing prefits okay. for the arc cool. actions because yeah. all three of those actions hold the same uh, same tolerances. They held the same tenon dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. So that way you can, you know, you, you probably won't be able to share barrel from action to action yeah. uh, just because of the tolerance in there. Yeah. The barrel would go, but the brass might not, okay. right? Just yeah. the fire brass might not fit. Yeah. Um, but either way, uh, love those. The Archimedes yeah. are super check excited it out. about. Let's check it out. Yeah, so... The Archimedes is the latest in the in the line, and the the cool thing about this is it has a primary, a mechanical primary and secondary extraction using a tilted bolt handle. If you guys can see this, so yeah, so the bolt handle moves once you bolt handle moves once you get to a certain. All right, so that's your that's your extraction, right? When you Cool. When you cam that, that cams the bolt out and unlocks, right? Yep. So, well, it unlocks and then that, that's your primary extraction right there. So, I'm excited to try this out. I've shot for a couple hundred rounds out of um, uh, one of Ted's test rifles. And I just like, it took a little getting used to because the bolt, when the bolt comes back, it continues to move. Yeah. And you're just, it's like, it's just surprising the first yeah. time you run the bolt. But I get used to it really fast and I yeah. enjoy it. The other cool thing about this is that um, the bolt head with the Archimedes and the Nucleus are interchangeable. Okay, cool. Right. So I've got four bolt heads over there for the Nucleus that I can make these things whatever I want. Right? Yeah, yeah. If I want to yeah. take a, a trainer barrel and put a trainer barrel on here, we can do that right? yeah. with the yeah. 556. Five, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, and when you have the tools at home to do that stuff, it just, it's super fast. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's really easy. Um, so that's the Archimedes. Uh, you played with that one. Yeah, and no, I, I, I you have, you know, watch you shoot for the past few years there, you still have the positive um, grip on your bolt throw, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, where I, I, I moved over to that sweep, so I'm curious to see when this is mounted up, how that sweep would, would work, if it would work, or if I would have to roll uh, to right, a, pos right. a positive grip. So, Perhaps. solid, I mean, it, it fits, like, when you just look at these actions, you know, uh, they just... They're different. Yeah, they're different. Know? And um, I've I've been I've been seeing you I've been watching you run the uh, mousing field since uh, I think um, first time I ever saw you kind of shoot pictures of it when Joe Fat would take pictures of you during Cypress Yeah, that's that right. Was a, uh, 15, and that was even 15. right before I even started competing. Right. Um, and uh, actually, that's what kind of inspired me to lead toward the KRG route. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, I've ended up getting a KRG uh, a, a year or two later after running matters. I saw matters. I still love those stocks, but 
you know, something about that, that K or G that just feels, it feels like home. feels like coming home. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, then this is, uh, this is the nucleus. Even the nucleus, um, has changed from the iteration that I have. So the, the nucleus that I have has the same, um, uh, uh, bolt release right there. Okay. So that's on the top, but Ted moved that this time and he put it on the side here. Okay. With a little ball bearing. And yep. I mean, it, the machine work on these things is just, just beautiful. I think it's just like very crisp, very clean lines. Um, you just not pull that. Yeah. Right. And the bolt comes right out. Okay. So, so you need a tool. Nope. Just, oh, no. Just hand. You can, you can rotate that by hand. Oh, this, this, this one right here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Rotate it. I'll pull the bolt all the way to the rear. Okay. Against the stop. Now I rotate it. So you rotate it 90 degrees towards you. Oh, okay. The bolt to will come to out. Towards you. Okay. Yeah. I was doing it. Sorry. Off, that's my, my bad, man. Um, and then that little recess right there cool. is that cut for yeah. that roll. Oh, nice. And, and I like how it says, well, obviously indication of it's a 473 bolt base. Yeah. Yeah. He puts that on all his stuff, which nice. is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. So these things, I'm, I'm really excited about messing with them. Um, I've always liked head stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So, and the, uh, the nucleus has the only thing that the nucleus, some people might like have heartburn or heartache with is the fact that the nucleus has a, um, it's got a, uh, a centered recoil lug. Okay. Right. So that's yeah. really the only yeah. major difference. Not a big deal, but yeah, I'm really excited. This one's going to be, uh, this one, I believe I'm going to turn this into, um, six five PRC. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we'll shoot that. So, well, um, while you have those super nice actions, my project is actually we wanted to do this for the longest time, but yeah. uh, my project is this bad layer right here. <laughs> Just bought it today at the gun store, old Tika CTR, uh, which stands for Compact Tactical Rifle. Um, this is the 20-inch model, 6.5 Creedmoor. And I threw one of your extra scopes laying around. It's an SHV, um, you know, budget type. But mm -hmm. the primary goal for this is uh, a budget build. Um, I've got an X-ray coming for it, mm -hmm. uh, but tomorrow I'm gonna side it in just to get you know pretty accurate results to see you know how it is when you buy it off the shelf. Uh, so I'm excited for that project. For, yeah, for everyone. People ask us that all the time. Yeah. Like, what do I? What can I do for a budget build? Because let's face it there's not many people talking about that out there right there's yes very not, few yeah and so well as our audience has grown right from the competition side mm -hmm. and from the military side or even even our, our our brothers who you know when when you're a corporal in the marine corps you're not getting paid that much exactly right you can't afford you might want to go shoot exactly yeah i yeah. want to go shoot like that is a I mean, best bang for your buck. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that setup right there so, whatsoever. And so for me, for everyone that's going to ask, okay, well, Phil, why the Tika? Um, uh, the Tika has got a lot of great upgrade options, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, obviously with KRG and uh, Manners started making stocks for the KRG. So, you know, let's say when you're ready to upgrade from your your stock that you get, right? You've got uh, you've got options out there, um, but uh, the biggest thing I would say is that this how smooth this comes out of the box. Um, where you, there's no really breaking period for like mm -hmm. e even a Remington 700, you, you know, you get a brand new Remington it's 700. Kind of, it just feels like, yeah, super chunky. Mm -hmm. Any Tika that I've jumped on from, you know, a, a guy's at, at the, at a match or, you know, whatever at the range, 
you know, as soon as I cycle those bolts, I'm like, man, that's a, that's a TK action. And he's like, yeah, I've got like 20 rounds to it. It's like, holy crap. Um, so uh, that's super nice. Uh, but yeah, so this is what I'm going to actually take uh, when we go bear hunting. Right on, man. So uh, I'm going to um, stuff some uh, 140 ELDMs. I've had a lot of great luck uh, with that bullet. And, um, you know, uh, I think it's uh, very, very um, uh, affordable mm-hmm. and it's uh, available to uh, the yeah, rest of the public, you know, yeah. so it's like... Six, five Creedmoor ammo, yeah. super easy to come by. I'm going to try to stick along the lines of what is going to be affordable and available to the average Joe. Right. You know, um, so that's kind of, I'm excited for you guys to follow along with this journey about how I would essentially kit this out. But I think even with, what, what what's, I'd have to Google the SHV. I want to see the SH, SHVs in that eight 900 range. Okay. Yeah. 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 So as you're looking at this, this is right under... Well, with the rings, right under two grand. Yeah. Right. I could, I could be, I could be off a little bit on the, yeah. on the, on the scope price, yeah. but I mean that right there yeah. is, you know, it, like, I suppose if you were to come, that is a great hunting rifle configuration. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Like you really don't need to do much else to that yeah. when you're just getting started. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what it is that you like or you yeah. don't like. Yeah. So like you said though, like all of those, the the upgrades, the stock upgrade. You know, that is, you could start shooting matches with that if yep. you had a stock upgrade. Yep. And that's the point. It was, it's a point for, for people to want to get in a long range. They just want to shoot recreational. I'm going to dial this into a thousand mm-hmm. right at your range. And, um, you know, I'm going to show people that you can dial it up to a thousand out of the box. Um, so I'm excited for that little series, uh, in a sense, but, uh, ultimately get it ready, you know, to throw on my back. <laughs> and uh, hopefully smack a bear with it with uh with you know uh with opportunity yeah um but yeah i was gonna do the 24 inch i'm actually glad i went with the 20 inch um because i think we talked about we're gonna put a can on it mm-hmm. uh w- once we get uh l- later but when i do all the uh, testing and stuff like that uh for it uh, i'll do a few with just the uh without a muzzle brake and then i'll eventually probably put a muzzle brake on it for you know if i if i use it in a competition uh, platform, but again, you'll probably see me shoot it at first as is with this optic on it. So, looking forward to that. Hell yeah! Yep. So, what else you been up to, man? Um, dude. So my biggest um thing that I've been up to, as you've seen today, is uh, getting into this whole uh, videography, filmography, photography thing. Mm-hmm. I've completely absorbed into it. It's something that I've always kind of had as, as, as a, a, not a passion, I would say, uh, something I've always been intrigued in doing. Yep. Uh, when I was in high school, I actually had a camera, and people that, I don't know if anyone from high school is listening to this podcast, but those that have are, they probably know that yeah, Phil used to have a, a video camera. I used to make little movies. Nice. And it's like with the cassettes where you had to download it to the TV or to the computer, right? Okay. Play it back, right? And then save it and then burn it on a disc. Uh, so I, I did that. Um, and no, I, I, I've uh, I've always been intrigued in it. And then like I've to- I told you, I want to step up, um, you know, my content game, our content game. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what's kind of absorbed a lot of... Um, my other free time that I have. The the cool thing about that is having somebody here, like when we film the online stuff with Brian. Yeah. Um, just a wealth of knowledge, because learning, you know, trying to figure out what what your camera really can do. Yeah. Um, you need somebody to. You need somebody that does it all the time to yeah. teach you how to do yeah. it. 
And it was, uh, it's interesting, you know, we were talking about learning, right? And like how I like kind of stepping outside a normal comfort zone of mm-hmm. like a skill that I've used in the past yeah. to learn something new and yeah. see how well I can absorb it. Because the photography thing, like you said, I did photography in high school okay. as well, shooting on 35 millimeter film, Whew. right? Like, and we developed- That's like OG right there. Right, it's just straight up, you know, straight up old school stuff. Yeah. And like we're, you know, pulling the negatives out of the film canister in a in a dark bag and stuff. It was it was a really interesting learning experience, but like learning about shutter speeds and stops and ISOs and stuff. Um, and then how that translates into video with like then color correcting and also post production stuff. It's 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 a lot, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's a lot to learn. Yeah. And then be able to then go, okay, well, let's make something out of this. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. And it's a cool oh, yeah. challenge. Yeah, because, you know, um, a lot of what I've been doing, and this just goes for everyone that is paying attention, like I've been learning a lot of stuff just on YouTube. The amount of information that's out there, all you have to do is YouTube it, and it's out there. And Mm -hmm. and one thing that I see in our community for Precision Rifle, there's not too many um, good how-to. So keep in mind that is a lot of what we're, you know, our project's going to be on Mm -hmm. is how-to, blah, blah, blah. it, you know, because there's a lot of free content out there that you can uh, uh, absorb and consume, but other than just consuming it, you have to go out and apply it. Exactly. Right. And that's one thing that I've, I've like noticed. Like I spent a lot of my my first couple months <clears throat> doing this. I was just consuming too much, but nothing was sticking because sure. I wasn't actually applying. Yeah, it. you got to go do it. Exactly. Yep. So that now, like even with these small little um, videos that I've been doing, it's like okay, I, I uh, capture it. And now what I need to work on is my editing process. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, even if with me capturing what I can, you know, I can capture great angles, but if I can't chop it all together, right, right then what, there's what, mm-hmm. so that's what I've been kind of focusing on is not really the, the capturing, but now the post kind of production. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that uh, little teaser video, um, which, that's not good, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably got that done. You were gone for what, an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got that done an hour ahead. I had uh, like eighty-five gigs worth of <laughs> content today. Yeah, so let's let, let's talk about what we, what we did today. Oh, before that, um, let's talk about your law enforcement oh. class in Billings. Billings, yeah, um, that was that was something that Billings have been trying to put together for a while. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's no secret that budgets are are tight for yeah. for law enforcement organizations and. Um, really glad to have it come together. Kind of the COVID stuff is kicking everybody's ass right now with regard to travel and stuff. So um, we had we had seven students there, and it was an advanced law enforcement sniper course. It's three days long, and a lot of people look at it and look at the advanced course and 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 say, well, what's what's advanced about this course? Yeah. And and really, like after shooting um, the basic qual this morning. Um, or uh, a part of it, you you can probably identify that just we share the same thoughts on this. Yeah. Like a, an advanced skill is nothing more than the basics. Brilliance in the basics done done to either a tighter accuracy standard or a tighter time standard. That's it. It's exactly what it is. Yep. There's no like Gucci secret trips or tips or anything like no. that. Like, and I, and I say that in um, when I teach class, like you know when I talk about shooting off your belly, like there's no such thing as really an advanced like technique that you're going to learn. I'm just sharing with you all of the fundamental foundation that I taught you on day one. 
off of your belly. And I, I also think that like a lot of times with advanced level curriculum, you are as a coach, it's almost like you have now more responsibility because as a coach to take it to the next level, you really have to be super on top of the students and, and like not necessarily nitpicking the mistakes, yeah. but pointing out and saying, Hey man, if you really want to take it to the next level, you have to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And the other part of that too, is being able to get to a, a position of trying to stack more information, yeah. process more information. Yeah. So as long as we have this baseline established, I can give you another chunk of information on yeah. top of that. Yeah. And once we can do this and this, yeah. okay, well, let's add another chunk yeah. on top of that. Yeah. And eventually it's going to fall off. Yep. And when it does fall off, we know, okay, well, that's where we need to stay at for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we did with, with those guys. Like the majority of that class was working on um, shooting, stress shooting, yep. right? Holding, uh, holding students to an accuracy standard, but pushing them with both physical activity and yep. tighter time limits. Yep. So, and working on gear deployment, yep. right? That's a big thing because um, everything looks good in terms of gear and equipment management until you actually have to use it. Yeah. And then you realize really fast, oh, this is not gonna work. This yep. took forever to get out of my bag yep. and I needed this or things like that. And you're not gonna learn that unless you actually do it. Do it. And so that's what we really drill into their heads yeah. too with the advanced course is like, let's look at your gear. Let's make sure it's set up properly. Let's, let's streamline the process. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And oh man, before long, those rucksacks are getting stripped with more yeah. and more crap that's yeah. getting put on the table. And like, I don't need that stuff. Yeah. So there's a fine balance. Yeah. Like, you know, that as being an operational yeah. sniper, right? We need to, but as far as the shooting goes, you don't need much. Yeah. yeah. You need a rifle. You need some ammo. Yep. Yeah. You need something to support the rifle. Yeah. Um, you need uh, maybe like a sling on yep. the gun, uh, a tripod, maybe a toolkit, yep. right in your in your gear. Yep. But other than that, and a dope card. Yep. That should be it, man. Yep. Like you don't need to be taking the friggin' kitchen sink with you. Yeah. So and that's what we work on, and then um, also a lot of tripod stuff because yeah. there's a uh, there's still we still got a gap happening in that community when it comes to tripods. So it's, I don't want to, it's not hit or miss, but it's like there are some departments that we go teach and some guys are like, I've never shot off a tripod. Man, I'm about to just Whoa. going back to my budget setup and not, not offense to, to really write stuff. Um, for those that know I'm an ambassador for them, but you know, obviously not everyone can afford a really right stuff tripod, but you can easily go to Walmart, buy a tripod and, learn how to shoot off just like anything else. You know, you don't need something fancy. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, and same thing with Really Right Stuff. You know, I'm, I'm also an ambassador for, for Really Right Stuff. I love their gear. And it, it is it is equipment that I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. So when we would show students like budget tripods, right? And then a progression of quality in the yeah. tripod until you got to the, you know, you get to the really right stuff and you throw yeah. that thing on an Anvil 30 yeah. and that rifle just sits there. Yep. And then you go, the proof is in the experience, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and there's not to knock anybody. That's not what this is all about, but it's to the point of saying, okay, well, this is eventually going to make your life easier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it might take you some time to get to that point, yeah. but these are also really good options. And when it comes to tripod shooting, yeah. um, the gear, 
uh, it's my opinion anyways, that the gear drives the technique that you use. Yes. Oh, yeah, great, great point. The gear drives the technique that you use. So one thing that um, I wanted to point out uh, in your course that I saw last week when, when I saw you posting some uh, videos of it um, that I didn't know that you were doing in the, in the class because obviously I haven't, I've, I've, I haven't actually sat and observed you for that class, but um, your hasty and sustained uh, techniques, sure. right? Because uh, you and I always dog on our podcast vocally, uh, not through a meme page, uh, tripod rear support and competition. Um, and going back to what we stand for as modern day sniper of utilizing techniques driven from, born from competition, mm-hmm. right? And showing that to the law enforcement officers. I thought that was super cool. You have to, right? I mean, like, okay, so... And this is all, I, this is all like personal preference too. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to sit here and like try to project values on somebody or pass judgment. That's not, that's not what we're trying to do. For me personally though, I want to be able to, I want to be able to consistently hit the same target size and time limit yeah. with whatever acceptable sight picture I need without the use of a tripod rear support. Yeah. Because when the time and opportunity does come to use that, it becomes a luxury, yeah. right? And and that's where we built that into that sustainable position. Yeah. Because um, a hasty position is, uh, you know, in, in essence, it's a position that you could say one to two minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. one to two minutes. Yep. Um, we got to make something work. Like uh, as we build the qualification course off statistics. Yep. Like that's important to, to me because I can't just pull something out of my butt and just be like, ah, we're just going to do this because I think it's applicable. There's a lot of that stuff happening out there. And we want to build it off statistics and say, okay, well, what are the what are the percentages? And the American Sniper Association does a really good job at putting that information together. And if you guys are snipers and you're, and you're listening to this, um, I would highly recommend that you go to American Snipers uh, association and you can get the police sniper utilization report and also too even if you're not like a law enforcement sniper and, and you're a military sniper dude that's part of broadening your base yep. grab that information learn it apply it because there are applications that cross over on both sides of the yep. house and um so we look at those percentages and we we talk to people that have made sniper engagements as law enforcement officers and talk to them about their experiences. So there's one as an example, guy had, um, he had to deploy from his vehicle and after running uh, about 200 yards, within 57 seconds of him getting into position, he fired a, a critical shot, right, on, on a suspect. The deadly force was determined to be utilized. So. That is important. That's where that hasty position stuff comes from by saying, all right, man, you got to get here and you have to be able to deliver two well-aimed shots. And yeah. you say two because I can pull off just, I can pull off one shot, yeah. right? But what happens if that shot wasn't effective on target yeah. or, um, you know, we have to be prepared to take a follow-up shot. Yep. So that's why we have to engage two. Two, two is one, one is none. There you go. I say that all the time. Yeah, yep. absolutely, yep. man. That's a big deal. And then, um, you know, the sustained position is just, it's two minutes. Yep. They have two minutes time. They got to run 50 meters. When they get with all of their kit, they get there to that start point. Time starts. The last man gets there, time starts. Yep. Yep. And um, they got 60 seconds to build a position. Yep. Deliver two well-aimed shots at a three-inch target at, at 100 yards. Yep. 
you know, so if you look at kind of the evolution of sniping and, and, and when you look back to uh, what what snipers do on Hollywood, right, they they shoot off of sustained or deliberate positions, mm-hmm. right? They set up in a hide site, they build their position, they're there for X amount of, you know, to 48 hours, 96 hours or whatever, you know, like, um, and, you know, they take that one shot, they crawl out of it. That's the, you know, typical Hathcock story. I said his name right this, this time. Um, <laughs> the typical Hathcock or Chuck Mahaney story, right? Um, but as we progressed in the evolution of warfare and, you know, when you served in, in Fallujah mm-hmm. and all of our brothers that served in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, Sean Hughes is going to hate this term, but they were kind of employed as assault snipers. You Sorry, the, Sean. We love you, buddy. <laughs> you were the maneuver element, right? Yep. So at that point, you were building hasty positions every time right, and providing precision fires on selected targets, right? Yep. So kind of... Um, and that's where that the the competition scene really drove home of of learning how to build hasty positions. Yep. that's a, that's a great way to put it. One of the things, one of the 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 two the two biggest things that I learned from that combat experience was uh, a it was the most physically demanding thing I've ever done in my life. Yep. Um, and B that you need to have everything on your body. Yeah right that you need to fight with or that you need to operate that weapon system whether that be you know laser range finder set of binos um obviously ammunition um dope right you have to be able to grab that stuff and that has to be on your body man you can't be you can't be going back into a rucksack over and over again uh the other thing that i noticed that was really important too was um the way that we carried sidearms really sucked and the uh the new the new way i suppose of carrying a sidearm either in a like a hill people gear pouch yeah man that's money yeah like that's yeah. really really yeah. money um just because it's comfortable yeah. it, the pistol's not flopping around <sighs> chances don't, don't even get me started yeah on. it's yeah the, yeah it's 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 cringeworthy to watch because you're like dude you clearly don't know <laughs> the, the, that black uh black Black Hawk, Black Hawk, Hawk holster, no bueno, <laughs> no bueno, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Because um, you'd have you'd have your kit on, you've had side sappies, and then that thing would either stick right up in your side yeah. or it would like bow out. Yeah, right, it's a pain in the ass. Um, and so I think you know the the pistol carriage is a big deal. Uh, and then one of the vinyl harnesses that I really like to use the FHF gear. They yeah. have a holster that's underneath that, and um, it's just different ways of doing things right you just yeah. look at it and say all right well how do i get all this bullshit that i need to operate on my body so that way when i'm when i'm behind i'm attached to that rifle and the infantry is depending on me yeah. to protect them in their advance i'm not dicking around doing something else yeah right it's really important because yeah. that it happens fast yeah. in, in the in that urban sniper role yeah. um especially if you're supporting the infantry yeah. right the infantry is moving and they could say, okay, well, I, I want to get this far down the street, but they might only be able to get this far down the yeah, street. Yeah. And then you have to displace and reestablish another position, and it's just like a giant game of leapfrog. Yeah. So yeah. very valuable learning experience. And granted, that was 15 years ago, yeah. right? It's like been a long time, yeah. but the same principles still apply. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we do some of the things that we do in the law enforcement course. So I want to roll into what we did today, which was I shot the law enforcement qual, mm-hmm. and we had talked about this on the way here, and that I wanted to shoot it uh, without any kind of training, not you know training up for it or anything. I just wanted to shoot it cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, you know this is also going to come uh, with another vlog uh, that we that we uh, shot today. So not only was it, where, where, was I shooting it, but I was trying to film it as well uh, to just get that experience and you know be honest about how I felt I did on on the qual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so far, you know, initial thoughts, and we didn't get to finish it today. Uh, you know, we had um, some stuff going on. I think it obviously ran a little longer than we wanted to, just because I was trying to film it yeah, as well. Uh, but uh, the things that I was able to take away uh, was I have been essentially kind of very far removed from the practical tactical space of employing a rifle, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is uh, a lot of times I I forgot about the safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is ninety nine percent of the time all we use in the core, yeah. right? Is the safety. Mm-hmm. Once that rifle goes, for, or I mean, once you are ready on target, or not even when you're on target, when that gun is planted, that bolt goes home, and the safety comes on. Yeah. Right. Regardless of me being acquired on target, and and this brings up a point of a, a comment we got on the modern day sniper Instagram mm-hmm. uh, when you posted a video like hey what's your thoughts on that guy not being on target before he closed his bolt yeah um, you know with his bolt already down it's like dude that's a that's a competitionism mm-hmm. you know and so a couple of hiccups that I had today and some of the, the stress shoots well they were all stress shoots right but some of the hiccups that I had was uh, I'd get ready to fire you know I'd, I'd be pulling that trigger back to the rear and then nothing would happen and immediately I look down start crushing it exactly <laughs> you know what's cool is I'll, I'll show you that I have no freaking trigger jerking or any of that flinch or whatever uh-huh. with it but I knew because like it's like this is a light trigger and I'm I've got about a, a pound on it it still hasn't gone off right and I knew that my safety was on uh-huh. or um, because you know part of the qual it's like hey um, I'd ask you what what are the typical starting positions? It's safety on the uh, round inside, um, or it would be a uh, uh, bolt over the round. Cruiser right? ready. Yeah, cruiser ready mm-hmm. uh, with the safety on. So mm-hmm. I'd remember a racket, right? I didn't have any dry fires, but there's <laughs> that safety. There's there. that safety there. Yep. Um, so th- you know that that costs me just time, right? Yeah. I, I think um, you know I would been able to be way under the part time but uh you know so i think we got through what half three quarters of it yeah we I, got, still, I think i got two more courses of fire to, yeah, to do we got tripod hasty tripod sustained and yeah. then um urban yeah. ukd yeah um no i thought it was good so far man i i uh it, it's like you said it's coming to, uh, understanding curriculum development i know how tough it is to build a standard that Rough. doesn't exist so hard. right and you know this goes back to when when I was teaching at cyber school already now two years ago, right? Um, like, you know, I'd hate to say it, but like our curriculum hasn't truly evolved. You know, it's like, um, you know, yeah, we're shooting off tripods, which is good, you know, but uh, you know, me personally, I don't think, you know, even from a standard baseline, uh, we Marine snipers sh- should be shooting unknown distance for 10 quals in a row, mm-hmm. right? Maybe after like the third or fourth qual of unknown distance of the same thing, right? we got the point, yeah. right? Let's move on to the next thing. Or uh, three to four weeks of paper at a thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's still kind of rolling because that's the same kind of qual, uh, I would say, uh, curriculum that you, you graduate, you, you yeah. qualled in. Yeah, so that's, I mean, right? shit, man. We, we, did, we did 
four weeks on the KD range, yep, yep. right? Four weeks on the KD range, punching paper and collecting doors, dope, collecting dope. And then once, you know, you have your three days, three day opportunity to qualify, um, 36 points being a perfect score. And you look at that now and you're, and you're like, man, like that is not a difficult qualification yeah. to train somebody to do. Right? I said, I said it in the podcast uh, before. It's like, there's a there's a 16 year old right now that will crush that that yep. course of fire. Yep. With a 308. Exactly. Because because his knowledge base not only is his knowledge base there but his experience level yep. is there. Yep. And it's like uh, I mean what is it a it's a freaking it's an Iron Maiden it's a 20 by 40 20 by 40 echo all the way out. Yep. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like missing shots on that yeah. is insane. I, I think you know what what it does what what that repetitive nut repetitiveness does it builds good habits and good fundamentals mm -hmm. right because at the end of the day i could we could go shoot a team match tomorrow and i think we do fairly bo and i played second place last year at the sniper side cup <clears throat> without ever shooting together um but um we because of our foundation we were able to essentially have that shooter observer communication and mm -hmm. just know each other's strength and weaknesses exactly uh, immediately off the bat you're gonna right? know it the first you're gonna know yeah. the first stage um right so you're gonna be like okay well yeah. let's let's make sure that you do that yeah. and I do this or whatever the next one. So I think, you know, in, in that retrospect, yeah, I think, you know, but in terms of where we've progressed with the technology, taking advantage of the technology, such as a, a firing, uh, a, um, a ballistic solver, mm -hmm. right? I mean, removes all of that having to dope out to a thousand yards. It's yeah. like get a chrono, you know, shoot paper to get the, you know, understand paper doesn't lie, mm -hmm. right? But you know, we could also focus on other pertinent exactly. training Dude, in marksmanship. Think about knowing what, knowing what we know now yeah. about how, how about training shooters. Yeah. Think about what you could do if you had even the daily allocation of ammunition, yeah. right? Yeah. Even the daily allocation of ammunition. Yeah. If I could look at that and say, all right, I've got, I got 120 rounds a day yeah. to train these dudes and yeah. I got eight weeks of range time there is no reason that you should not be producing yeah. absolute ninja shooters after yeah. eight weeks yeah like you should be able to hit literally anything you aim at yeah and be confident we talked about this uh also on the ride here you know is when you have a shooter that that's senior hog um and i'm glad we're talking about this because I, I think a lot of times in our podcast we forget to talk about our snipers mm -hmm. um and I've, you know if i've heard it uh, on a couple of snipers that uh, like um, Solo, if you're listening to this, this is definitely for you. Matt uh, Solo? Yeah, Matt Solo. Cool. Um, you know, he's like, uh, maybe I don't relate to much to the competition side, but I, I kind of understand it. So this one's for you. <laughs> uh, so we talked about as a military sniper when you're training your platoon, right? Because what sucks about being in, a, at least in the Marine Corps side of the house, I'm not sure about the Army. Uh, which we're gonna have a couple army guys, army snipers, uh, both Chris Roberts and Rance come on mm -hmm. here uh, in a couple <clears throat> weeks. Um, on the Marine Corps side of the house, I mean, sometimes depending on how well your battalion treated you um, or how well your platoon sergeant was. I mean, before my last deployment, like we'd hit the range once every four months. Insane. <laughs> and and like Insane. we had when you look at a twenty-four man platoon, right? the platoon sergeant chief scout trying to cut that ammo allotment so that every shooter 
trains. Yep. So that ends up being after a three-day uh, uh, shoot, 20 to 30 rounds per shooter. That's insane. After three days, so now you you, you, <laughs> you look at that, scale it back, that's eight rounds a day per shooter. That's insane. And, and uh, going back, and obviously, you know, people that are listening that, you know, are, are actually taking care of the platoons, they're like, oh, that's because there's proper, you know, uh, uh, ammo forecasting and proper improper uh, requesting, but there's still platoons out there that have improper uh, uh, techniques and ways of uh, ordering ammo. Anyways, um, for those that do have the affordability to have a lot of ammo for their training, the hogs or senior hogs or or junior hogs with not much experience, what are they basing their training around? Right. Sniper school qualification. Yep, exactly. Right. Training for the qual. Training for the qual. Right. <clears throat> but if they were able to expose themselves to different training, mm-hmm. right, um, such as competition venues and stuff like that, to just now just get their mind working and, and being able to take away what they learned from competition or, or some stages or whatever, like, oh, this is this is real world. I can I can use this to now move over and train my guys. Yeah. Right. One of the things that I used to do <clears throat> with the guys, if they, um, you know, a really good shooting class, you might have a couple of strap hangers that didn't quite make it on day one. Uh, you're going to need like maybe half of day two to get them qualified. Yeah. And um, we would take the, uh, uh, I took the British Royal Marine qualification course and we would nice. shoot that on the last day of the qual. And that involved, I mean, I'd have to get, I have to dig it all out, but. It involved tighter accuracy standards for the closer ranges, right? Headshots only, um, and not only uh, they had they didn't have full echoes. They had uh, dog targets, right, for the re- for the rest of the the shoots. Nice. And then they also incorporated tripod practice in there. Back back in the day, that like we used wooden dowel tripods, and yep. that was part of the qual. You take your sand sock, throw your sand sock on there, throw your rifle on there, and that was your tripod. Yeah. And they incorporated that into their qualification course. And our Marines going from that 36 round, three to a thousand, um, just laying on their bellies, you put them in that and it kicked their ass. Yeah. It kicked my ass at the time because that was my first introduction to, oh, okay, there's another world out there that I don't know about yet. Yeah. And, and yeah. we need to be poking into that and figuring out like, yes, that's what we need. Yeah. And uh, it was always a really, it was always a benefit because a lot of students would say, well, what's it really like to shoot off of a tripod in a hide site? Yeah. What is that really like? Talking things, talking about things like deflection. Yeah. How many, how many windows have you burned through yep. that you said, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to get a bullet through that. Yeah. Knowing not what we know now, like geez, even a blade of grass yeah. can yep. affect a long range trajectory. Yep. And so this bullshit that we used to be taught, like anything, you know, bigger than a pinky, bigger than a pinky. Yeah. You're just like, you are out of your if, fucking if, mind. If you shot through that, good luck yeah. finding the bullet. Yeah. I think it's going to go off into Narnia. Yeah. So stuff like that, where you want to take things to a more practical level. Um, and so that's part of, that's part also what we teach at the law yeah. enforcement course. Yeah. Cause one of the things that we do right off the bat is we get intros done and we say, I tell them, I'll write it up on the board. I want to know what you think your mission is. Number yep. one, in your own words, we just talk about a mission statement, five W's, right? You try yep. to make one sentence, five W's. What is your mission? And then I also want you to, to define what you believe a law enforcement sniper is in your own words. Yep. 
And on the third, the third uh, question is, I want you to tell me what you believe it means to be a volunteer. Yeah. yeah. And then we all talk about it as a class. It's a little powwow session and everybody gets up and says, these are my three things. And it's an eye opener for a lot of people. That hits home. When when you told me about that, I was like, man, that's awesome. That really hits home. That, that like, it's, it really sets the tone of the class. It does. You know, because it shows that, I mean, you give a shit, right? That, Mm -hmm. that you're not just there blowing smoke up their ass. Like you actually care that they understand what their purpose of, of them being a law enforcement sniper is and why you're there. Mm-hmm. It's important yeah. because just like we talk about, you know, the mindfulness, we talk about the being the presence of yeah. mind and that really helps keep their focus. Yeah. Like, Hey, I, this is, this is the real deal. Like yeah. sometimes you just need a reminder and yeah. say like, look, man, no one's coming to help you. Yeah. Yep. Right. That rules the first, first rule of the fucking kill house is, no one's coming to yeah, save you. Yeah. So you got to do it on your own. Yeah. And um, a lot of people need to be reminded of that. Yeah. You know, uh, let's talk um, about, right, uh, we talked We talked about a lot of stuff on the way home. We had a 14-hour drive, two-day two day drive. Yeah, you're we, right. Two days. Before we move past that, um, I did want to answer one question. A lot of guys had comments or questions on our count. Oh, uh, the TIA 2. Yeah, the TIA yeah. 2. So... What I tell, what I, we all know that there's a bazillion different ways to skin the cat, right? That that problem. There's a lot of SOPs. Every there's unit, a lot of SOPs. Every unit, has every, unit has a, every unit has a different SOP, and I'm not. I tell them right off the bat, I'm not here to change your world, but this is what we used, and it's pretty standard from the time five hits, right? Number five. So um, we would basically say, hey, you know, um, the assault force commander would come across the net and say. Hey, all teams, this breach has been set. I now have control over the operation. And he says, stand by. And for our SOPs at the command standby, uh, safeties would go off and we're prepared to execute a sniper-initiated assault or coordinated coordinated sniper fire, um, which would then, I mean, be a sniper-initiated assault. Yeah. We can also do the same thing, though, um, having multiple guns on one target. That's another tactic that's, that's used. But... Uh, when the count starts, five, four, three, T on the T and two, all the snipers shoot in unison. And then on one, the breach goes and then execute, 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 right? We're going in, the, the DA guys are going in the house, yep. doing what they got to do. And snipers are searching for targets of opportunity yep. uh, to protect the direct action force. And so that's really what our what the count is. And it's um, some of the verbiage up front might be a little bit different, but... At the end of the day, the T and two is when is when the, the guns are go, supposed to go bang. Yeah. So um, to to make a, the, my little teaser video a little bit more dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what caused it. <laughs> I I for that video I drug it out until where Kalen was shooting after. I think that's after one. So let's let's not you know. And for those guys, bad guys that are watching, they don't want to know. Or you know. Um, uh, at TTPs or SOPs anyways, uh, which actually brings me into the question I asked you on the way, what law enforcement officers think about a military sniper teaching law enforcement? Because you and I don't have backgrounds in law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, uh, my hat's off to the law enforcement community, especially in this time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about you guys. We appreciate everything you guys do for the community. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've got a lot of close friends that are in the law enforcement that were former snipers and you know, my hat's off to you guys. And you know, I hope that you guys come home safe every night to your families. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's you, you have a, they have a thankless, thankless job. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And then you add on that volunteer status of, yep. okay, now I'm on a SWAT team, right? Special weapons and tactics. I'm expected to do more with less. Um, we always have budgetary constraints, right? And, and same thing with snipers. It's no different, right? Yep. This is just my personal opinion now. When it comes to military snipers training law enforcement snipers, I think that in order for you to be qualified, if you will, to train a, a law enforcement sniper, you need to have a solid background in urban sniping, close range stuff, because that's where those guys live. Yeah. Right. We have to understand their mission. Yeah. And if you don't understand the mission, yeah. if you've never done that before, yeah. not necessarily, it doesn't have to be in, in real time or yeah. real, real life, so to speak, but yeah. you have to be exposed to that mission. Yeah. Like being fortunate, you know, the Marine Corps, not all units get to do the same level of training yeah. or the same types of training packages. Or so, the same mission when they're in country. Exactly. Yeah. It, totally. And so, like, uh, I, I was really uh, fortunate to be a part of 1st Marine Regiment, which is a MUSOC regiment, yeah. right? So we, as snipers, got a chance to do urban reconnaissance and surveillance course. That's eight weeks of learning urban reconnaissance and surveillance. Yeah. I mean, hides, how to communicate, how to collect and report information, um, what to be aware of, all those things go into that. And then you take that into the urban sniper course, where now you're learning about... Um, cold shots you're learning about how to surgically place bullets into targets because granted even though we knew we'd never get probably get those missions of in extremist hostage rescue non-combatant evacuation operations for like embassies maritime interdiction operations yeah. but we still trained for it so we did the hostage rescue stuff we did the close range sea of people in front of an embassy trying to pick out the guy that yeah. looks like a shithead that needs to get shot yeah so I think if you have that background and you've been exposed to it, yeah, that qualifies you to, yeah. to do that yeah. because now you're part of that world. Yeah. Now, the one thing that delineates us is uh, on the large scale is the use of force, yep. right? So when I, come in t when I come and train law enforcement guys, the first thing I tell them is I'm not a cop, number one. I'm not going to teach you anything about use of force. Yeah. And my opinion is that you guys are utilizing your weapons. You have a pistol or you have a rifle or a shotgun in your car, you're making the determination to utilize that weapon system every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, yep. right? So I, you don't need any use of force training from me because okay. that bolt gun is nothing more than another weapon system. And, and they're not, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that you're, that's your school is not around that. No, right. Because you, like you said, when you when you you know tell uh, your students is like I'm not you're, I'm not an attorney, mm -hmm. right? I'm not teaching yep. you tactics, right? What you are teaching is when that officer makes the decision that to, it's go time that it's go time to take yeah. the shot that he has possesses all the fundamental ability to take that shot exactly in that situation, and, and that's exactly how I taught my hunters when I was work for Gunworks mm -hmm. is hey when you come to this school. You're not, I'm not teaching you how to hunt. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, guys that can afford a guide, you, you know, you're paying that guide to give you that opportunity, find you that opportunity to take a shot. Mm -hmm. But when that opportunity presents itself, you are no longer hunting. Right. Right. 
you are applying the fundamentals of marksmanship at long range in a hunting scenario. Yep, exactly. And that's and that's really the, that's what why I give them the same kind of speed yep, yep. at the very beginning. Yep. And there's some people that that resonates yep. with, and there's yep. some people that are going to yep. vehemently yep. disagree. Yep. And 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 that's fine. You can have you yep. can have that opinion, but I will say that you know a military sniper, with the exception of the use of force, I might even caveat that because. Yep. During my deployment, yeah. um, we had probably even more restrictive ROE than some law enforcement officers yeah. do. I mean, there were certain points in time, like before we deployed, I was actually kind of nervous. Yeah. The way the JAG, Judge Advocate General, which is, for you guys who don't know what that means, it's a military attorney. Um, they scared the shit out of us. Yeah. Because we, we were like, I don't want to go to jail for murder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is a big deal. And yeah. we didn't get nearly as much of that training as a law enforcement yeah. officer does. But it was pretty restrictive. And it would go from, hey, um, today it's any military age male. Yeah. Yeah. You are the one that makes the discretion whether, period, end yeah. of story. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether he's got a gun or he's got, doesn't have shit. Shit, yeah. Shoot him. Yep. And then you have at the very, like at the middle of that day, you could get a radio call and say, whoa, 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 ROEs are back and way down, hostile yeah. act, hostile intent. Yep. Okay, well, what is that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we do have those things happen to yeah. us in the military. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only, I really think that's the only thing that delineates us. Yeah. yeah. I do. Uh, it's, it's not much. It's the same skill. It should be the same mindset yeah. uh, because it really is. It's all mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think to what when I went to you know these schools, you know one of the benefits of attending some schools, especially with instructors that that actually gave a damn, right, and that have experience. Not only was there the training side of the house and being a subject matter expert in that specific field or craft, there's also an awesome mentorship aspect, which is what I think you know uh, we provide. Uh, when we are actually dealing with other snipers, right? You know, when when you're not going to uh, a civilian for shooting school, right? Yeah, there's a lot of great you know um, competitive shooters out there that are just teaching shooting. Well, I guess what I can I feel like I can teach you shooting too, mm -hmm. but I can also mentor you exactly right because I've been in your shoes of being a volunteer. I've been in your shoes of understanding. Hey, we don't have the budget to send you to training we don't have the budget to get you the things that you want so you got to make do with what you have let's figure out how to help you exactly get yeah and um you know uh, i can help you navigate what i did when i was that you know corporal or sergeant that you know just didn't know yeah that, um and uh you know one of the things that i'm looking forward to doing is uh you know assisting you when, when i can with uh you know those classes because um you know obviously that everyone knows that i'm no longer working for gunworks it's a great company uh you know one of the things that i always told you know my close snipers is that uh you know my heart belongs to people hunting two-legged critters <laughs> uh not four-legged and 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 hopefully you know i as unpolitically correct as that sounds like that's what modern day snipe that's what that's what this podcast Part is about, what we do. right? It's what we did, what we, mm -hmm. what we do. And, you know, uh, there's still people out there. There's bad people out there. And, you know, there's good people that I want to train to hunt those bad people. That's right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. I love teaching those classes just because um, 
you can really, you know, we always feed off of the class, right? Oh yeah, feed off, what, the, class. Feed off the energy of the class. And, yep. you know, it's it's cool to get those guys motivated and see them, you yeah. know, get excited about yeah. coming to shoot yeah. and coming to train. Um, just because you're breathing, you're you're helping breathe some new life yeah. into there, and and that's really what it's all about is just getting different perspective. Yeah, but it's also important to to take that momentum and build upon it. Yes. Right? And, yeah. and sustain because you know shooting for sure is uh, is a perishable skill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And uh, one thing that I've been hearing a lot lately, I, and, and I never really thought about this until my cousin came through um, in July fourth, and you know she saw my studio set up, and she's like, you know what, Phil, I really like that you've uh, in, like you've invested in yourself. I've never ever heard that before, like put it in that in that term before, mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this is an investment of myself. Like, I'm investing into myself uh, when I started competing, right? Because, like, the military wasn't paying for that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I paid out of pocket for my first bull rifle, before all these, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. Like, I literally bought everything. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that I've acquired now, you know, I look at it and it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a piece of kit that I first bought. Uh, and I looked at it as an investment toward my training mm-hmm. uh, and my uh, experience. And Absolutely honestly, not. like, um, I can't recommend, you know, to, to people enough, especially, you know, that the scapegoat is like, oh, the unit's not going to pay for it. That's fucking horseshit, yeah. you know. And, you know, if you're if you're serving in, in a billet, like, you should probably you should probably seek employment elsewhere, right? Because you're just doing you're doing any, no one any good. You're occupying space. Yep. Yep. There's someone that's hungrier, uh, you know, than you to and everyone's replaceable. 100%. And I know that Absolutely, for a fact. Absolutely, man. For sure. Um, regardless of how great you are, you are replaceable. There's someone that's hungrier than you um, that it's easily take your job. And I learned that on day one of being in the cyber platoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's also you can't ever judge a book by its cover. Nope. Nope. So, no, it's fun, man. I, I, I love it. I love those classes. And uh, it's just, it feels good to give back to, yeah. to kind of continue to spread the web. Um and and again, it's not like it's uh it's not like it's a my way or the highway type mm-hmm. thing. It's just hey, this is this is a different perspective. It's another tool for your toolbox. Yeah, you yep. can use it while you're here. I'm not even like it's funny, man. Some of these guys, they come up and they're like, man, like you don't yell at anybody. Hmm. And I'm like, somebody people yell at you. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. That's like, nah, whatever. Like and we can learn a different way, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, it's so I'm not here to. If it doesn't work for you, yeah. man, then don't do it, yeah. right? And so as long as you give it a try, yeah. like you try a new grip or you try a different trigger finger placement or you try a different body position, um, or try a different technique with a sling. It's like, hey, if it works, great, use it. If it doesn't, yeah. we'll figure something else out. That's yeah. what I'm here to do. Yeah. Sometimes I miss being staff sergeant Vallejo though. Sergeant <laughs> just you start know, getting sometimes it done. I just want to be like. Come here, pig. You yep. know, like fuck keep over the fuck here. Ace on the gun, <laughs> stuff like that. But no, I, I uh, no, I, it's the same thing. You know, I, I think once I exited the Marine Corps, I, I left the Marine, I left the uniform on base, and yeah. you know, it, 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 uh, as much as I appreciate the service that I did to our country, um, and the the valuable lessons that I learned, um, you know, I do it all over again. But uh, when when I left the gates of Camp Pendleton. Uh, you know, Staff Sergeant Vallejo died with it, you know, and, and I'm not using my experience in my career to define who I am. I'm using yeah. it to elevate 
the person that I want to become. Exactly. And sometimes that's really hard for people to figure out. Like yeah. that's not easy. It's that's not, not an easy switch to no. throw. Yeah. Um, and, and it's sometimes, you know, you see, you see Marines that have, that have gotten out 10 years ago yeah. and they're still pretty belt fed. <laughs> that's the term that I was waiting for you to drop that yeah, term. It's like, uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, we, the, the way I threw in an analogy explain, too, you explain it. Really, I okay. Hear what you say. Okay. Belt so, <laughs> so belt fed, when you're in the service, right. When you're actually in the service, when you look at someone that's belt fed, you know, you immediately think drill instructor, right. You're like, man, sure. that dude's belt fed. But now that you're out, Right, he's spitting out yeah, moto, he's spitting out moto rate. stuff. He maybe he wasn't a drill instructor, but like you can tell, he's got still like Marine Corpsism manners and yeah. the way he says stuff. Yeah, but bro, you're you're belt Fred. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, you know, when I when I walk around, I, I like I want someone to like take a second look when when it comes out that I'm a Marine. Cause it's not immediate, right? It's like, um, or they're like, damn, you were you were a Marine, you know? Um, not like in a bad way, like dude, you're a shitbag, but it's like. You know, people are just like, holy crap, I would have never guessed. Yeah. I think it's because of that a couple people like that. Asian genetics too, right? You know, that <laughs> helps me stay young. Although today you whooped my ass on a few runs, or all the runs, I said a few runs, all of the runs, all of our 50 meter sprints. We're going to, um, he whooped my ass on. We're going to, we're going to start climbing some hills here yeah. shortly. Uh, uh, some calves, man. I've got a man crush on Kalen's calves. Man. If you haven't seen Kalen in this shorts. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it's that, it's that, that's that bromance that we have, you know, from from uh, oh, from man. our community. But it's from climbing mountains. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what else did we have? Do we have any other questions? Uh, I don't know. I don't have service in here. Um, do you have any questions? Well, that, that you've gotten. So lately? the one guy, the one guy was asking about the the qual or the yeah. uh, the count. We knocked that down. Yeah. Um, maybe we can start doing some live, uh, live stuff. We could. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something else that, that, uh, you know, we did one with, we did one with recoil. We did okay. uh, with yeah. Mark Gordon, yeah. um, yeah. and a couple other folks. Yeah. I went really well. People, yeah. people asked some really good questions. Ooh, you know what? Um, that I, I like kind of, uh, said this the other day, the other night, um, when I was actually watching, sitting, taking the time, the time that I have now to watch your uh, uh, your schoolhouse videos mm. guys if you're listening and this is if you want to call it a shameless plug but at the end of the day it's safety right um, Kalen does an excellent job and Brian if you're listening to this you did a fantastic job video editing and because I know how hard that is right now but Kalen you did a fantastic job on illustrating uh, us safety in, in your free uh, um, webinar and honestly um, now, when people ask me, like, "Hey, what gear? I'm I'm looking to do my first match. Like, what what uh, what gear should I? You know what I'm gonna be like? Hey, before you even ask that question, you should ask, what should I do to be safe yes. at a precision rifle match? One hundred percent. Because honestly, everyone's focusing on the wrong thing. You mm -hmm. need it. You need to check out that uh, video. Uh, go to moderndaysniper.com. Check out the schoolhouse. Uh, it's in there, and literally, Kaylin gives you three free. Two free videos. Two free videos now. Uh, uh, cleaning the rifle, which mm -hmm. is another big question I get all the time. Yep. And um, uh, firearm safety. Yep. Right. And we're so gonna, you'll, you'll see how those videos are laid out. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're free, guys. Free. We're just we're gonna keep adding to that too. We're yep. gonna keep adding to that free content. Um, we've got a lot of really cool projects in the hopper. You know, the online schoolhouse has has um, 
has been extremely productive for us and it's Good. a it's a great way to connect yeah. with people and um I'm just really happy the way the way that the that the courses were laid out yeah. and, and the way the curriculum flowed, and we're just gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it. Dude, we got, uh, you did a great job on it. Um, I don't I, I don't envy that workload, as Alex Hartman said in one of our podcasts, because it's true. I mean, it takes a lot to, to do does. that to build something that doesn't exist. It does, and, um, especially with what's going on in the world right now. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. For yeah, sure. it was like. Um, you know, having Brian out here was awesome because uh, do, could you have done that yourself? Yeah, you sure could. But it would have prolonged the duration of pre-production, capture, post-production for yeah. sure because I'm learning how to edit myself. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a freaking full-time job. It's not the highest and most effective use no, of your time. it is not. Right. Um, what do you get at? You get at delivering communication yes you're good at not only just shooting but you're good at being in person and and taking this information and turning it into digestible bites mm -hmm. especially with long range a lot of people um are intimidated about getting into long range totally. because there's so much of this technical information out there that i mean doesn't technically need to be out there but it's i mean honestly it's simple that that actually brings up a good point. I, I, I want to finish the finish the thought really quick though on um, what we were talking about just before just before that with regard to oh man I'm having a brain uh, fart. A, a filming a my, oh most, filming most, yeah when okay. Brian was here it was yeah. like when we really started to dig into that to like what it was gonna take it yeah. was like oh shit yeah this is a lot yeah so. Yeah, it's um, the one thing that I wanted to chat real quick with with you guys, the listeners, about is a trend that we've been seeing the last couple of in person courses that we've had, and people are we you know we have lunch conversations and stuff and just you know uh, BS and people are were like intimidated. They're like, man, I really was super scared about coming here because I didn't want to be that that guy. Oh right? yeah. And for me, that's a bizarre thing to witness and listen to because I just don't think that way. Um, you know, I look at it from the perspective of like, like when I was going to, like when I was going to flight school, right? Learning how to fly airplanes. Well, you're kind of in another class, but you're with somebody else and you gotta, you have to be able to put that stuff aside and, and not worry about, hey, what happens if I make a mistake or do I wanna be that guy? Now you can't do that. You have to focus on learning and you have to be um, totally accept the fact that I'm trying to learn this and yeah. I need to be kind to myself. So for those of you guys, those of you guys are out there that are thinking that uh, coming to a class is intimidating or, you know, you don't you think you're going to have the majority of the people there are going to have a higher skill level than you. Man, don't even worry about that. It's not about that. It's please just show up. Like yep. if you're considering it at all, just show up. Um, the curriculum that, that we've designed is, is there to challenge everybody from the ground up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even if you're coming to a basic level course and you truly are a basic shooter yeah. or you're kind of like a, you know, you're like, I just want to up my game a little bit. Yeah. You do come to like a precision rifle 101. The, the curriculum is designed to challenge both of you, yep. right? So don't even worry about being like everybody's everybody's there to have a good time, yeah. right? And that's the that's really the end all be all. Like yeah. we're here to have a good time. We're here to have fun. We're shooting rifles. So um, just remember that. Don't don't feel intimidated. Just just show up.
you, you know one thing that uh, I posted a question on my Facebook and we're gonna this is the little teaser of one of our projects we got coming up but you know what the most common mm. mistake an experienced shooter and when I defined experienced shooter on my thread I was like you've been doing this for like at least a minimum of three years before you comment and you know give your advice um, and you've been doing it for three years relig religiously and guess what the most common uh, essentially mistake or advice a experienced shooter would give to a new shooter seek formal training sooner yeah and you know guys it's 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 your own ego that is not allowing you to make the jump mm -hmm. right uh and you know it doesn't have to be from a uh, modern day sniper but you know if if you've got any you know reputable courses in your very area on the east coast you know we recommend ridgeline defense those guys rudy Absolutely. and alex out there if you're in central check out jacob uh you know jacob bynum um and obviously if you're in the pacific northwest check out uh, uh kalen uh, here with Modern Day Cyber. We got Frank in Frank, Colorado. Frank Alley in Colorado. You know, you got uh, Brian Whalen down in New Mexico. He's yeah. he's Colorado as well, yeah. Southern Colorado. Um, there's uh, there's there's tons of good trainers out yeah. there. So uh, just just take take the leap, and 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 I promise you, you'll walk away with someone, with something, with someone, um, and you know, hopefully from there, it just. Uh, validates the fact that nah, I should have went to training earlier, but uh, it also steepen your learning curve, right? Um, and then eventually, hopefully, you know, if you if you have a passion for going to seek instruction, um, like a great friend of mine, uh, Sean Utley, a great student of the trade, he's mm -hmm. been through a, a lot of courses. And what's cool about him is he's been in the industry a lot longer than I have, but he's still going out there seeking instruction yeah. on his own dime. It's super cool. Sean's good dude. I like yeah. him. So fantastic. Well, does that wrap it up, dude? I think so, man. Let's do Where it. We at? We're at Where like we at? 122. An hour, 22. So that's cool. We've covered a lot of information. We got yeah. a little mix of some some technical stuff. We got a little bit mix of. Um, Can you post an hour up. video on YouTube? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Let's see. Cool. Why. I'm excited for this uh, first video to get pushed out. Um, Indeed. Do we have a little little trailer bumper in front of it? We gotta we gotta get one made up. Yeah, we'll get one made up. It's we just, just need a bunch of B roll. We're gonna need a bunch of B roll. Yeah, right. It's gotta it's gotta like cover that. the it's gotta yeah. cover the variety of the stuff yeah. that we do. We'll just push this out there. No need no editing needed. No and worries. then uh, we'll get it on a podcast for our audio learners. But here pretty quick. Yeah, I'm excited for this uh this first video for you guys out there. Awesome, so, man. All right guys. Hey, uh, if you guys like this, uh, please share it. Uh, share it with a friend. That's you know, Caitlin and I do this obviously for free. We don't we don't push sponsors out there nope. and stuff like that um so you know i only ask that you share it if you f thought this was valuable and um you know uh yeah you guys know the drill keep your face on the gun too well till next time cool. bye everybody peace